Blog Talk Radio. Round one. Fight, 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 fight. Minions, welcome to the balance. My name's Tom Mark Rossell, Presidente. You have stumbled across the number one internet sports talk show in the world and across this great land of the United States that we call America and our uh, wonderful affiliate radio station. So good to have you along. You are my minions. This is the one place where you can come together. You, the 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 uh, fans, the fanatics, can come together and talk about your favorite uh, sports, uh, you know, from an analytical uh, point of view. And, well, yeah, that's probably a little bit of a stretch at sometimes. Uh, but the balance does bring you breaking news, commentary, scores, stats, audio, and just so many tweets that you can just shake a stick at. So make sure you're following us at T-Balance. We've got a great show on tap today, as if as if it'd be any different than any other Saturday. But we're going to be talking about Coach Wilson. As you know, uh, Indiana's uh, coach uh, uh, was dismissed this this week, past week. So we're going to be talking about that, kind of breaking that down, digesting it a little bit, what happened. You know, a lot of questions around that. And then, of course, right here in Indianapolis in our backyard is the Big Ten Championship, Penn State and Wisconsin Yes, Wisconsin yet again uh, here in Indianapolis. So Wisconsin fans have, have certainly got to know uh, the city of Indianapolis very, very well. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that, college football playoffs. Myself, Rick Riggin of the American Airman Podcast. <laughs> John Burns of At Birdman Sports also. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. We'll be right back. It's about to get good. Bobby, you're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Fantasy football fans, who doesn't love the excitement of picking your team? Well, you can do that any week when you play in one-week fantasy football leagues at FanDuel.com. You play for real money with immediate cash payouts, and there's no season-long commitment. Right now, FanDuel is giving you a bonus of up to $200 that gets earned as you play. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to 200 bucks. Click on the banner or go to FanDuel.com. That's FanDuel.com. fantasy football fans who doesn't love the excitement of picking your team well you can do that any week when you play in one week fantasy football leagues at fanduel.com you play for real money with immediate cash payouts and there's no season-long commitment right now fanduel is giving you a bonus of up to 200 dollars that gets earned as you play for every dollar you deposit fanduel will match it up to 200 bucks click on the banner or go to fanduel.com that's fanduel.com 
Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name. Name your. Name your price. Ah, a tool, an idea, an inspiration. To do more than just say what you want to pay. Oh, no. But to see the options that could fit your budget. Enough bongos. Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com. Makes me want to dance. Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marcus, El Presidente. And uh, joining us is the Balance team, Rick Riggin of the American Airman Podcast and John Burns of At Birdman Sports. How you doing, Mr. Burns? I'm doing just fine, Tom. I'm great this morning. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Did you survive your weekend of uh, wedding and uh Adult beverages last week. Yes, yes, we're calling that. We're calling it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it might have been difficult, but I did survive. I did make it through, so that's well, good. Well, that's good. We're, we're glad that you made it to the other side. And speaking from the other side, joins us Mr. Rick Riggin of the American Airman Podcast. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Tom. Pretty good. Hey, my weekend of uh, adult beverages starts tonight. Oh, I thought you were going to say starts now. <laughs> Let's get it started. A little bit early for me. I have a 12 o'clock rule, but hey, unless I'm on a golf course. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's 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 a good good reason for the rule to be broken. Uh, yeah, and, and certainly, you know, we're going to have a lot to, to talk about today. And so I want to, you know, certainly start off with the conversation, guys, about Kevin Wilson. Uh, you know, really surprisingly, I think a lot of people were surprised. I know I was when the, when the news broke that, you know, Kevin Wilson had been – well, we'll use the official lingo here, resigned, uh, but we all know that's not exactly what happened. Here's kind of probably how it went down. Uh, uh, Coach Wilson was called into Kevin Glass's office, told him you might want to bring your attorney with you, uh, and he said, okay, this is how it's going to go down. Uh, you can, so We can say you resigned. Or we can say you're fired. It doesn't matter. But the end result, that our relationship has come to an end. And, you know, I think a lot of people thought that, well, why? You know, don't understand it. I mean, you know, what what parallel universe are we in here uh, when the, the coach from Notre Dame should be fired, doesn't get fired, and the coach from IU shouldn't get fired, does get fired. But what we find out is this really had nothing to do with them uh, going to two straight bowls, beating Purdue four straight years. This really had something to do with a lot of other different things. And what, 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 what I'm seeing anyway from the Kevin Wilson that we knew in the media and, and the Kevin Wilson that we followed on the sidelines apparently was a completely different Kevin Wilson in the locker room, kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He was very hard to get along with, very old school. Don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with old school. And this kind of stuff goes on in college sports more than what we probably know. But when you have a former player uh, co on national uh, television or national broadcast uh, like ESPN and and talk about the mistreatment that Kevin Wilson did because of an injury and, you know, uh, just kind of – it sounds like strong-armed, you know, medical personnel. Anyway, it it forced an inquiry uh, into uh, Kevin Wilson – Basically, and so we know the end result, and uh, and uh, we'll talk about the new coach here in just a minute. I think that's a good fit, maybe a little bit rushed. Maybe they could have spent some time doing that national search. So let's kind of go around the table here. We'll start with you, John Burns of uh, Burn Man Sports. I know you're a big IU guy, just like myself as well. When you saw this news break the other day, uh, what first of all, what were your thoughts, and let's let's get your insight on it, sir. Oh, like you said, I mean, sh- sh- shock, surprise. Uh, a lot of people forget that just January, uh, Fred Glass, the Indiana Athletic Director, actually extended Kevin Wilson's contract. Um, so it, it came as a big surprise to me when I found out he had been dismissed from the football program. Um, obviously, if the stories are true about um, pressuring kids to play with head injuries, 
Um, it's clear cut why he was dismissed from the football program, uh, especially with the problems that football is going through now with concussion protocol and, and major head injuries. Uh, forcing kids to play through a head injury is something that can't be tolerated. And, uh, you know, if anything speaks to proof, uh, Kevin Wilson turned down a $12 million buyout. And I challenge one person to turn down that money for no reason. You know, you know what I mean? Well, well, absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I know I know exactly what you mean, and, and that's that's uh, that's a lot of money, by the way, <laughs> uh, to to talk about. So here's the thing, and and, and uh, we'll get to you right here in just a second, Rick. But John, I know you're the son of a coach, and and, and you know, in in, in in all different levels, there's that pressure that says, hey, we gotta have our players healthy. We've got to have our players, and, and and sometimes healthy is just, hey, you know. When when I when I was playing when I was younger and when I was in, in school it was you, you t- tough it up Buckaroo get back in there you know but they didn't have all the the rules and regulations and protocols that they have now uh, but how hard is it from a coach's perspective to say okay I I I I'm just gonna go 100% what the medical staff say and we'll have to go with uh, with how the cards lie or how hard is it not to go and and have a uh, conversation with the medical staff. Say, come on, come on, uh, help help a brother out here. Come on, let's. Uh, this is just. This isn't that serious, right? Come on, be, let's 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 uh, let's uh, kind of brush this underneath the rug a little bit. Uh, talk with us about what a coach goes through when they're dealing with injuries and medical staffs, and, and how what would be the the well. We know ideally what the best protocol would be for a coach to follow, but that's not always when you're in the heat of competition and in in the heat of a season, especially the higher up in the levels that you get. That's not always the easiest cut and dry answer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, competitive nature takes over. The pressure to win takes over. It does get kind of difficult, which is why I think you might have seen Kevin Wilson pressure the kid to maybe lie about symptoms or suggest to the training staff that he's fine. Um, that's exactly why, though, they they hire an independent doctor to oversee concussions because uh, you have to leave it up to them. The, the coach can't have any control because of the, their competitor their competitive nature and because of the pressure to win it. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. I, you know, I know my dad personally, he will 100% whatever the doctor says, that's what he goes with because of liability reasons. He doesn't want to be put under a microscope, kind of similar to the way Kevin Wilson is right now. So um, I, my advice to coaches everywhere, just listen to the, to the, the training staff and doctors because you might disagree with them 150%, but you're liable if you try to pressure a kid to do something that a doctor suggests they don't do. Absolutely, absolutely. Mr. Rick Riggett of the American Airman uh, podcast, sir, what what are your thoughts when you hear what's going on with Kevin Wilson? And and really, more than anything to me, Rick, this was just kind of a big disappointment. Not in a million years did I – not that I'm saying it doesn't happen. Of course, obviously it happens – as we clearly see, and I think it happens more than what we re- what we realize. But to me, I just felt like that I that a a a different coach Wilson is coming to light than what we thought we who we he's not who we thought he was. I'll put it that way. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, it's really shocking to see that he was a uh, resigned or let go, or whatever. And I knew he just signed a new contract extension, even though I felt like it in in a way he was kind of on the bubble anyway of being on the hot seat just for being – I know it's IU football and five and six wins. and Well, I think they had seven wins last year and went to the pinstripe bowl. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to this a little, little bit later on about, you know, the the culture at IU football, but it was shocking to me that he was let go. And it was even more shocking to me to find out that we actually had Bud Kilmer up at uh, Bloomington. And they was going to let him go. They should have done it the Varsity Blues way and during the bowl game, just not let him come back out at halftime and let him go then. <laughs> that would be the way to make an announcement, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, let's, 
let, let's talk about this, and we'll kind of go around the horn on this before we get into the Big Ten Championship, Penn State and Wisconsin here in Indianapolis today. A lot going on downtown Indianapolis. Uh, as we know, obviously, Kevin Wilson, will use the official verbiage, resigns, but he was forced out, fired, whatever you want to call it. Uh, nonetheless, he's no longer the head coach of Indiana University. New coach, Tom Allen from Newcastle, uh, really has a heart for Indiana football. Has a knows a lot of uh, as far as about recruiting goes. In fact, he was the the coach that really had it headed up uh, recruiting. And in fact, uh, the other day when he was named coach, his his plan was to recruit. So, as I mentioned in a text to you guys, uh, plans obviously changed. But the thing about it is now we have Tom Allen. A lot of people don't know him. You know, speaking about you know Ed Kraps, uh, he's actually going to be in town to, tonight for the Penn State game and uh, have a dinner with him tonight. But nonetheless, uh, here's here's the, the thing. What he told me, he goes, "I'm not a, that excited about Tom Allen. Nobody knows who he is outside of Indiana. It sounds like he's a local hero, and that's great." But for IU to name him a coach and not do a national search, at least see what was out there. In the maybe there's not nothing wrong with Tom Allen, and maybe he would have been the one to end up with the job to begin with. But to not do a national search and to to fire and hire a permanent coach in the same day is very irregular for a a uh, bit. Well, especially a a, a big a big program like Indiana University, uh, a Big Ten, but they felt like they had their guy in place. Uh, so let's let's talk, start with you, John. Tom Allen, great local guy if you're from uh, Indiana, and certainly out in the circles you run in, uh, John, I know that you, you're probably very familiar with Tom Allen. But outside of that box, outside of that, uh, they didn't try to go after any big names. They didn't try to go after any big searches. They they hired they fired and hired in the in the same day. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on Tom Allen? What are your thoughts? Or would it good choice, bad choice? What have you? Yeah, um, I'm the same, Tom. I was a little shocked that they didn't spend more time searching. If I remember correctly, they fired Kevin Wilson and hired Allen in the same day. Um, I think that surprised a lot they of did. people. That's exactly um, what happened. Yes. And when I, when I got the breaking news that uh, they fired Kevin Wilson, or excuse me, he resigned, um, that I, <laughs> I, immediately thought, <laughs> I immediately thought that maybe they, they had drawn interest from P.J. Fleck at Western Michigan or even Les Miles, because that's the only thing that made sense to me initially why they would have fired him. Um, but I think the, the main reason that they wanted to keep Tom Allen is because it was an in-house uh, decision, um, you know, Kevin Wilson, like you said, didn't he wasn't removed from the football program for performance necessarily. He had built a winning culture. I think we wanted to keep somebody in house to kind of continue to grow that culture, a guy that the players respected. And also, let's keep in mind that Tom Allen uh, coached football at Ben Davis High School, so he's got great relationships with high school f- uh, football coaches around the state of Indiana. And for Indiana to succeed, they have to get in-state recruits. It's something they've struggled a lot with. Because the big the big talent in the state of Indiana goes to Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. We have to learn to get our big state recruits to come to Indiana. I think Tom Allen's going to help us do that. Well, and I agree. I mean, I, I certainly think that he's a great choice for recruiting purposes. I mean, and I, I, I have said all along, we, we certainly need to recruit more in-state players. I really do believe that. So I think that, that he's an asset. A uh, question, Rick. Maybe in, or maybe your thoughts on this. Here's what we, one of my big and this was brought to the attention in social media this week at all. Making no accusations toward Tom Hallen, but he was an assistant to Kevin Wilson. He was a trusted uh, uh, a friend, if you will, a very trusted guy that he had on his staff. After all, like I said, he was in charge of recruiting. So he was in charge of, of of selling the Kevin Wilson story. If the Kevin Wilson story is what we know it to be now, how do we know Tom Allen isn't just a continuation of that story? That's one of the things that concerns me. Is is this is Tom Allen and again, you know, the, the decisions made and, and we'll, we'll see what how it plays out, but it just looks to me like if he's one of the crew and he's in charge of recruiting and you're going out there recruiting, it's your job to sell the IU story. It's your job to, to sell Calvin Wilson. 
if Kevin Wilson is the Kevin Wilson that we know, Tom Allen very much knew about that and subscribed to that theory and was okay with it, Rick. That's exactly right, and that was my thought, too. You know, I mean, this stuff's going on behind the scenes with Coach Kevin Wilson, and uh, Tom Allen surely has to know what's going on and not say anything about it. Well, then that makes him just as guilty as Kevin Wilson. Don't you Don't you agree? Well, absolutely, and, and certainly this isn't to the extreme that, that Penn State went through. Don't get me wrong. By, by, by no, not at all. Like, Nothing like to, that. But. Uh, what I am trying to say is there was a lot of guilt by association in that inside that organization. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on that? Now, I know that, as you mentioned, that as far as recruiting goes, he's a very, very valuable asset. And certainly I, we would hope that he can now uh, bring in some uh, big, you know, in-state recruits. So from that aspect of it, I'm all about it. But do you think that it's wrong to at least raise the question that he was out there selling Tom uh, I mean, Kevin Wilson's uh, story, IU's story, he subscribed to the methodology that Kevin Wilson had. How do, how do we know or how can we feel comfortable in knowing that Tom Allen is just not an extension of Kevin Wilson? I think what we have to remember is that even though uh, every, uh, coaches are part of the coaching staff, that doesn't necessarily mean that every coach on the staff agrees with everything Kevin Wilson's going to say. Um, but you're absolutely, you guys are both absolutely right. There is no way in hell that Tom Allen didn't know what was going on, if what was going on is true. Um, we just got to hope that, hope, um, you know, Tom Allen doesn't pressure these kids to play with head injuries and blood clots. And I, I'm hoping that he disagreed with that. And maybe, maybe something was said by Tom Allen and other players which signaled that he didn't agree with what was going on. And that's probably a decision that led to him being hired. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, it, it is wrong to go out and recruit when you know somebody's doing something that bad. But hopefully it was just something Tom Allen disagreed with and we'll move on with it and it won't happen again at Indiana University. Absolutely. We, we, we move on. And, you know, certainly uh, with such a win-all-cost mentality uh, for these coaches, so much pressure on them. So, I mean, I, I get it from, from both sides of that. You know, we're talking about the national search. You know, the Helfrich from Oregon would have been a good candidate to at least look at. Uh, don't, don't you think so, Rick? Yeah, and this is where I was going to go earlier with the, uh, the culture change thing. We started to touch on this a little bit with, you know, how come IU didn't, uh, you know, tech the, test the uh, temperature in the room with some of these guys like Charlie Strong, John mentioned Les Miles, P.J. Fleck, uh, Mark Helfrich. You know, there's a lot of good other offensive defensive coordinators around the country that's going to be uh, involved with the coaching carousel coming up very soon here. Uh, so I don't know why IU didn't. Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe this has been coming for a week or so, and they have put their feelers out with these other guys and checking, and that's why they hired Tom Allen 32 seconds after they fired Kevin Wilson. But uh, that's why I was, I was going. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, that's why I was going with the culture change because it seems like, you know, there's a lot of IU football fans that are, are happy with six and seven win seasons. And, you know, I'm a Notre Dame guy. I don't have a dog in the fight this year. My team's not going to a bowl game. But if Notre Dame wins six games, I'm not happy. I mean, I am even – it, six games and going to some participation trophy bowl game is something I'm, like, really down about if that happens Notre Dame. And I think here in Indiana, that same kind of mindset mindset needs to happen for IU, and they need to get a coach in, a coach in there that's uh, going to bring that, that type of culture change. And maybe Tom Allen might be a P.J. Fleck, Tom Herman type of guy that uh, can turn the program around, get eight wins a season, nine wins, even though it's asking kind of a lot for IU in the Big Ten. But that's where the culture of IU football, that, that's where I love to see it anyway. So that's my little take on it. Well, we got to move on to uh, more college football talk, and that's the Big Ten Championship. Certainly, as we can debate the playoff uh, brackets, and, no, and I don't think anybody makes any fans scream louder than the college football committee, which we can certainly have those conversations. But certainly bonafide. I really think they got it as far as the Big Ten championship goes. Hey, it's it's spot on. Penn State and Wisconsin, this is a huge, 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 uh, with a capital H-U-G-E, 
boy, I amazed myself. I actually knew how to smell that. Uh, <laughs> hey, you can do the Donald game. Trump thing. You you can do that Donald Trump thing where he puts a Y in there somewhere, like huge. Huge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Penn State, Wisconsin. John, we'll start with you. Uh, they're in town. Uh, the All the fans are in town. Big old rallies planned to – uh, downtown today's a lot of activities. I'll be down there on Mass Ave a little bit later, and uh, like I said, having dinner with Ed. But big game tonight: Penn State, Wisconsin. What say you, John Burns of Birdman Sports? Well, first of all, I just love the fact that we still host those. That Indianapolis still hosts the Big Ten Championship. It's great for the economy. It's great for sports fans, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. Um, it, it should be a really great game. I'm loving the fact that it's in prime time tonight. Um, very competitive battle, those kids at Penn State. Um, they obviously came into this season with a chip on their shoulder because not very many people expected them to be the Eastern Division representative in the Big Ten Championship. Um, with that being said, I think Wisconsin has a better football team. I'm going to take them to win. I see them grounding and pounding, and I see the defense um, outplaying Penn State tonight. Um, look for a special teams touchdown to maybe make the difference. But, um, yeah, I definitely see Wisconsin pulling away. Um, it's going to make some interesting talk, though, if Wisconsin wins, if they'll be a representative in that college football playoff. Well, absolutely, and I guess that that's kind of where I'm going with that. If Pence, You know, a lot of people just on social media in general, just people, fans in general, still have not forgiven Penn State for what happened with Sandusky. Uh, I mean – Come on, that's been said. That's been done. Uh, the program was was fined and sanctioned. Uh, people were sent to jail. I mean, the statues were removed. I think that the organization needs to heal, and this is a great healing thing for them too. But a lot of fans are saying they shouldn't even. Uh-uh, no, I, I don't like them just because of that reason, and I will always hate Penn State because of that reason, which I think is pretty ridiculous because Penn State is a, well, it's a state college. You, you, I mean, things happen, and it happened, and it's very unfortunate that it happened. But the guilty uh, people ha- are being punished, or, you know, they're not being honored anymore, or they passed away. Uh, the point being is... Penn State deserves to be there, and they're and they're playing a very good Wisconsin team. So we'll go to you, Rick, because this is kind of your forte uh, as far as uh, leading the screams and the charges about the college football playoff committee. Penn State wins. What kind of predicament does it put them in? Uh, it puts them in the best predicament, which is chaos, which is what I want to see the college football committee <laughs> in because I'm a fan of eight of an eighteen playoff. Uh, the reason why it will never go to eight is because we're having a show talking about this right now with four teams and all the drama that could unfold, what may or may not happen, and it creates such a buzz with only four teams and five Power Five conferences, and that's why you know you're seeing the effect now of only having four teams, and it will never change because this is the big drama. But uh, I, I'm with John on this one. I do think Wisconsin is, is the better team. I do think Wisconsin gets the win. But I do think if Penn State wins, uh, whoever wins, like Penn State has the better chance of actually cracking the top four being a, a two-loss team. So uh, we have to see what, what happens with Clemson. We have to see what the committee thinks about Washington winning big last night. You know, they got a big win against Colorado, which is a top-ten team. Washington did everything they had to do last night. Big win, looks impressive to the committee. But is that strength of schedule going to be enough to keep them in that number four spot? Or if Penn State wins tonight, and you know they beat Ohio State earlier earlier uh, earlier this year, will that be enough to bump Washington out and put Penn State at number four? Well, I think that would be the only way that Ohio State gets out of the college football playoffs is if – well. Uh, I, I think that I think would, Ohio that, State that stays in. Like I, I think I think Ohio State stays in. Uh, Clemson's got a tough matchup tonight against Virginia Tech in the ACC championship. Clemson could very well lose that game, or Washington could just fall out because you know the Big Ten champion having a better uh, being a better conference, a tougher schedule than what Washington has. I think uh, Alabama and Ohio State are your locks, but you got 
Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan, all from the Big Ten, right there on the outside looking in. And it's going to come down to see what Clemson does tonight and uh, how impressed the committee really is with uh, Washington. John Burns, what are your thoughts? Because here's the thing. A lot of people think, and, and, and going to kind of what uh, Rick said, John, uh, a lot of people think Ohio State's already in. I mean, unless Wisconsin or Penn State wins a, a, a blowout and, and Oklahoma uh, State uh, beats Oklahoma, which then devalues one of Ohio State's best wins, even that may not do it. So what are your thoughts? Penn State or Wisconsin doesn't matter. Ohio State stays in uh, the, uh, the playoffs. I think Ohio State is in no matter what happens. I think they've built a strong enough resume. They've, they've played some road wins. They, they played the uh, Michigan very, very tough. Um, and not to mention just their name alone being in the college football playoff. Let's all remember one thing. It's about making money, and Ohio State brings in a ton of viewers. So they're in no matter what. Um, I agree with uh, Rick. Clemson's got a tough game tonight. They've struggled against other teams in the past, so that's not a lock game just yet. Um, I, I, you know, I think Washington is going to be, and I think last night they showed us a lot that they're here to play. They, I think the score was 41 to 10. I watched a lot of that game last night. Um, that offense is is pretty good. Um, so I think they're in. Um, you know, I, I, I did have a question for you guys. Uh, do, you, do you see any? way at all that Michigan gets in? Because I, I don't. I don't see it happening. But I was just curious what you guys thought. No, I, I, I don't anymore. With Ohio State already being locked in, uh, they would take the Big Ten champion over a, a one-loss Michigan. Even though I know Michigan's ranked higher right now as it sits, but when it's all said and done tonight, whoever wins the Big Ten titles probably will jump ahead of Michigan. I agree. I agree. Well, I, don't, that, I, don't see the, I don't think there's enough teams that can lose for Michigan to even get in. So, I, yeah, I completely agree with you, Rick. Well, you, you've got to still think that, well, they're number five. So you still got to think that they've got to be considered. Uh, yes, their path is very, very unclear. If two teams beat Colorado and Penn State, Wisconsin, win Power Five conferences, that could boost University of Michigan's schedule strength enough to to counter those teams I would think. So I think that there's a there, there's a there's a there's a way that they 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 get in. Uh it's a it's a stretch. Uh there again, and would and would and is it possible that the committee would pick two big teams, two big ten teams, I'm sorry, that didn't win the conference instead of, of one that did. That's gonna cause a big a big issue as well. So I, I'm going to ride, ride along with you guys on this. I don't think there's any way they get in Michigan, but but there is that possibility that it could happen. John, what are what are the what would be the thoughts of putting two Big Ten teams that didn't even go to their their prospective championship game in in the in the in the uh, Final Four playoffs? That that would just be almost controversial. That be Rick would yeah, would be chaos. <laughs> That's exactly I would, what I would, I would want. I, I would want them not to put a, cha- a conference champion in the playoffs. I mean, that would be that would be great. Exactly. I think if they did that, they would get exactly what they wanted. People talking about it. Um, I don't see it happening, but I mean, hey, an Ohio State matchup for a national championship would probably bring in the biggest viewership of any national championship. So who knows? It could happen. The, the committee, you just, I think they're a wild card for a reason. So who knows? Well, here, here's the thing. If we had the eight teams that Rick is so so much wants uh, to have, we'd we'd have our we'd have our playoffs in place right now. Uh, but uh, we're we're down to seven, and we'll see what happens. A Pac-12 championship. Uh, let's talk about that, John. Uh, with Washington and Pac-12, what, they're going to be sweating it out just like the Big Ten. Yeah, they are. They're going to be sweating it out. They're going to. They're it's gonna it's gonna come down to Sunday to watch this election show. I don't even think anything that happens tomorrow will even give them the slightest inclination if they're in or out. My personal belief is they're in, um, just simply because they dominated Colorado last night. Um, you have to reward teams for doing that in a big game, and I think the committee's going to do that. Well, real quickly, and uh, we're, we're going to have to wrap up this segment, and then we we got to take a break. But we'll uh, give the final thoughts to uh, Rick Riggin. What are your thoughts, Pac-12, Washington, and 
you know, like Rick, like we, we know you're doing, you're rooting for chaos. The, the the team that can raise the most of it is Virginia Tech, and an upset in the SEC championship may right. not change anything. The Big Ten's champ uh, might make it in, and Colorado would be within a few spots of just replacing Washington in the playoff. Uh, a Clemson loss could uh, totally open up a spot. So there is room for chaos, Rick. <laughs> well, you know, uh, if you're a Washington fan right now, the, you should feel pretty good about where you're at, but not exactly 100% comfortable. And here's here's the other thing we're not talking about, about the committee. They're going to pick the other three teams that they feel stacked up the best against Alabama. Uh, they're not going to, you know, we've seen the past two years, you know, all these blowout games in, in, in the playoffs. They're going to pick the uh, top, the best four. I wouldn't even say the best four now. Bama's locked up number one, no matter what happens tonight in the SEC championship game. They're going to pick the other three teams. They feel matches up the best with them. I mean, that's the other variable. Well, and I said that was going to be the final question, but it, it, as as always in media, there's never one final question. But let's, let's go over to you, uh, uh, John Burns. Do we need an eight-team eight team playoff uh, scenario? Uh, if so, I don't know. I, I think that could create more chaos. And, and the other question that I would have for you is that you said Clemson's not necessarily a lock, but if they win, I would say they are. But no matter what with Alabama, they're a lock. Uh, so, you, so what you're saying is everything is based on Alabama. I think Alabama's in no matter what happens tonight. They, I think I heard the other day Mel Kuyper said that they have seven guys on their defense that are first or second round draft picks. They're in no matter what. Um, when it comes to an eight-team playoff, I think we do need to expand because there are too many good teams that aren't getting a chance to compete for a national championship. With that being said, no matter, no matter how much you expand, if we expand to eight teams, the ninth team is always going to think they were left out unfairly. You expand to 12 teams, exactly. the 13th team is always going to think they were left out unfairly. There's, there's never going to be anything to stop that. But I do, I do think expansion is, needs to come. But, yeah, you're never going to make everybody happy, and we need to stop trying. Well, John Burns of Burnman Sports, you make everybody happy on Twitter. Make sure they give you a follow at Burnman. Now, you said that you had, you had to duck out of here. Is that still the case? Yes, sir. I got to go. But thanks for having me on, guys. It was great to talk about some football. Looking for a fun day. Yep. See you, John. Yes, sir. We'll talk, talk with you soon. Real quickly, John, where can people find your work, your masterpieces, and stalk you and follow you on said social media? Oh, he's gone. Go to at Birdman Sports. <laughs> he's out of here. I'm hey, gone. <laughs> Five o'clock. Five o'clock. See you. See you, George. <laughs> Remember that cartoon? <laughs> uh, morning, George. See you, George. You know the MMA. I don't know. Like I'm, the, little, the I'm a little younger than you are. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get that on. It's an old, old cartoon. It was the the coyote and the the sheepdog, and they get, they show up to work together. And during the whole cartoon, uh, he he would try to create disruption in the flock, and and the the sheepdog would would chase the the wolf and and so forth. And then a five o'clock whistle would ring, and then they clock out and say, "See you, George." See you, George. <laughs> I have to get it up. You don't know what you're missing. My name's Tom Mike Wassell, President. Hey, myself and Rick Riggin, we'll be back to talk some NFL and some more college football talk right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs> spreading the word about Motel 6's cool new hashtag. It's all about the thrilling stuff you can do with the money you save at Motel 6 instead of some expensive hotel with a lot of fancy stuff you don't need. Thrills, not frills. Just post all those thrill pics you take on your summer travels with the hashtag thrills, not frills. Boom. I mean, hashtag boom. Hashtag this is awesome. I'm Tom Bodet for hashtag Motel 6 and hashtag hashtag we'll leave the light on for you. 
Bobby, you're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. With a Sam's Club membership, you get incredible savings every time you shop. Now's your chance to see what it means to save like a member. Hurry into Sam's Club and get a free 60-day trial membership pass. Shop and save on great brands for your home, fresh produce, and USDA grade A meat. You'll even get a savings book with over $5,000 in additional savings. Don't miss out on a free Sam's Club 60-day trial membership pass. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better when you're in the club. See club for details. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name. Name your. Name your price. Ah, a tool, an idea, an inspiration. To do more than just say what you want to pay. Oh, no. But to see the options that could fit your budget. Steve, enough bongos. Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com. Makes me want to dance. Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the balance. My name is Tom Marquisel, Presidente, myself and Rick Riggin of the American Airman Podcast uh, joins us. Rick, let's talk a little bit about the American Airman Podcast. Now, we understand that your podcast has gone through lots of transformations, and I understand that you are an Air Force vet, which I thank you for your service. But what's the storyline of American Airman Podcast? Well, my goal is to uh, get involved, uh, include uh, you know, our veterans, our men and women of the armed services, in with my show to talk sports, talk service, uh, pop culture. You know, it's really more of a, of a variety show, and that's why I named it the American Airman Podcast instead of giving it some sports term or something. And you know, like you know, like the option pitch was, you know, you think option pitch, oh, it's the college football or a football guy, you know. So I wanted to. Give the show a title and an image, because I really expand on a lot of topics. I want to get our military involved. You know, I, I'm passionate about sports and and, uh, and our military, and uh, that's really my goal for it is, is to uh, get out, help veterans, get veterans involved with my show and me, and put together a great show every week, and I can get out and uh, you know meet some people and do my part, put my two cents in as a veteran still, and help out that way. Absolutely, and it's it's a great uh, great thought, great sentiment, and certainly we appreciate the veterans and, and what we, they do here as well on, on our show. So great opportunity. So hopefully it 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 uh, it, it uh, takes off for you, my brother from another mother. Okay, so let's let's keep the, the conversation going. We we uh, we didn't really have time to talk about the elephant in the room, although it was brought up, and certainly not trying to ignore it, but uh, it, it appears anyway at the moment anyway. That Coach Kelly has 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 saved his job, but at the same time, there's talk. You and I had a conversation uh, via text this week about him considering possibly and uh, some other options. Again, that's just rumor mill, nothing to to substantiate that. Uh, he made it very clear in a in a, uh, uh, a press release that he has no intentions of going anywhere. Uh, but we know how quickly that can can change, and how quickly something non-public can uh, come to be very, very public. So, disappointing season for Notre Dame. Certainly not the kind of season that Notre Dame is used to. Quite frankly, everybody knows that Notre Dame and Notre Dame fans are spoiled, spoiled, spoiled. And you're not used to losing. And when you lose, all hell breaks loose, and everybody knows how unhappy that you guys are. 
But seriously, what happened with Notre Dame this year? What do you think is the, the pinpoints? What are the takeaways? If Coach Kelly stays, what are the takeaways that he needs to take and say, okay, we need to, to not have a repeat season next year. What do we do? Is it recruiting? Is it uh, a whole overchange of our playbook? What is it? What did we do wrong? What did we do right? Let's not do the things wrong that we did wrong, but let's improve and do things better that we did right. Well, as you know, the writing was already on the wall with the backup quarterback, Malik Zaire. He's uh, been released from the program. He's transferring. Uh, I do know the top four schools are Michigan State, Florida, Wisconsin, and Pitt. Uh, There's probably a whole list of at least a dozen or or two dozen schools. I'm sure every school in the country is probably after him because he'll be a starter anywhere he wants to go. But that writing's already on the wall. He's transferring away. Uh, it sucks. I hate to see him go. I understand why, but I do wish him all the best. Uh, I mean, I love Leek Zaire. He's a hell of a talent. Uh, he's going to be awesome wherever he ends up. But along with that, he needs to keep the program together here. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser's getting a lot of NFL talk, and uh, if Kaiser is sick and tired the way the program looks right now under Kelly, probably going to bolt off with the NFL, rather, rather he's ready or not. Uh, Kelly needs to keep his key pieces at uh, in line here for the, the season next year, not he's do what he can to keep Kaiser. I, I don't know what Kaiser's intentions are. If he's thinking NFL or if he's going to stay, he hasn't made that announcement yet. But that's the first guy Kelly needs to uh, get to and uh, bring him back for one more year because I think he needs one more year anyway before he's ready for the NFL. But, you know, I'm not an NFL scout or anybody that looks at that stuff. So I don't know. But that's – Kelly needs to uh, – put out some uh, a lot of fires burning around the program program right now, and he needs to focus on the football program and get things back under control. If Kelly stays, do we see any major staff changes? I think you'd have to. Uh, they don't have a true defensive coordinator. You know, they, they got rid of a Brian, they fired Brian Van Gorder. It's the first guy Brian Kelly has ever fired being the coach during the middle of the season. But they don't have a true defensive coordinator, so I'm sure that search is probably going to be going on. And uh, they have an awesome offensive coordinator, Mike Stanford, you know, to keep him. But I think there needs to be some staff changes. Uh, And basically, all the off-field stuff, the uh, academic misconduct, and, you know, you say that we get really angry for a losing season, and that's true. But I could take a 4-8 and season. But don't throw on academic misconduct and having to vacate two seasons worth of wins and the drugs and weapons charges and everything that's been Brian Kelly's legacy at Notre Dame. Don't pile that on top of it. And that's where my problem with Notre Dame and Brian Kelly is right now. Well, certainly. And it was a very disappointing season for Notre Dame. Obviously, it marked the 80th anniversary of of, – I mean this. I mean, I'm sorry. This season was the 80th anniversary of the of the uh, AP football poll, and uh, I believe, and I, I could be wrong on this, but I I, I believe uh, they have Notre Dame third of all time, only behind Ohio State and Oklahoma. So certainly, you guys have a history of of winning. Uh, and uh, you guys have a history of, of – of so I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, because there has to, has to be something that went, that went wrong. There has to be something that was, was uh, awry, <laughs> if you will. So certainly I know that recruiting is a lot of it. You guys have got some linebackers that you're looking at recruiting, and there's some, uh, a lot of different uh, uh, recruits that uh, you're looking forward to in the new, new class. So maybe it's just looking forward and not looking back for the Notre Dame fighting Irish, although they didn't fight very hard this year. <laughs> so let's uh, – yeah, No, a, not this year. I, I, just, I, I think the problem is it's really the underlying issue, and I don't – think anybody's really brought it up yet, but I will here on your show, is I just think he's lost control of the program. I mean, I really do. Uh, you know, they got the academic misconduct, and student trainers on the team, you know, cheating and doing all this academic fraud stuff for players that Brian Kelly, I guess, has no idea that's going on because he's blameless in every problem they ever have. 
just listen to every every Brian Kelly press conference there ever is. And to me, <laughs> if you don't if you don't know if you don't know that stuff's going on, then you've completely you're out of touch and you've lost control of your program, which makes you the problem. That's the way I see it. So why is he still there? Uh, I, maybe they, you know, they signed into a new contract extension. I don't know what the contract means, but you know, when they fired Charlie White, they had to pay him for like another decade. You know, White's actually made more money every year than what Brian Kelly did. <laughs> so maybe they don't want to get in that situation with Brian Kelly. Maybe we're just hoping he resigns or something like that. I, mean, I have no idea. I I don't know. But it's funny you see all the stuff on Twitter about Brian Kelly. You know, he's might be the coach here. He might be the coach there. I saw a great one yesterday. Uh, he's looking at the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Why not the Cleveland Browns? Why not? Well, let's merge into the NFL talk. Andrew Luck appears to be back on the practice field. Uh, certainly he had to clear medical waivers. I believe he has done that to be 100% positive. I'm not sure. They take on the Jets on Monday night. Here's here's a scenario could very very well happen. As crappy of a season as the Colts have, they could still be in a place to be in tie for first place. Really, all's got to happen is they've got to win. Houston's got to lose. It's that simple this weekend. So let's let's talk about the NFL a little bit while we still have a, a few more minutes left in the broadcast today. The Indianapolis Colts and the New York Jets on Monday. We'll work our way backwards from there, just because we typically start with the Colts and they play on Monday. Andrew Luck back. Uh, they, they've activated Trent Cole, uh, so hopefully he can get some sacks in there a, as well. But what are your thoughts on the Jets and the Colts? Well, I think every game from here on out, Tom, you know, they're a game back in the division behind the Texans. You know, they, they play them next week. You know, they play the Jets this, this Monday. But it's do or die time for the Colts because if they fall back two games uh, to the Texans, there's only like, only like three weeks left in the season before the playoffs start. So, I mean, they're not in a wild card position. They're going to have to win, win the division or they're not making to the playoffs. So, it's really do or die. And I, I think the Jets, they had their offensive struggle to Brian Fitzpatrick. Uh, they are a very good defensive team. Uh, they could have beat the Patriots last week. They should have beat the Patriots last week. But uh, it's a tough game for the Colts, but it's do or die. And uh, I think the Colts will get the win just because of that reason. That Andrew Luck is back. You know, I think that's uh, the close game, but that's the reason why they win. Let's move on over to your Lions. Your Detroit Lions are down in the Big Easy against Drew Brees and the Saints. The Lions have had a moderately good season. Certainly, uh, we 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 can't we can we can't point to them and laugh anymore. Uh, Jim Caldwell's done a, a good job up there as far as coaching and getting things turned around. The Lions. At the Saints. Yeah, when I look at the Lions, you know, big Lions fans, seven to four this year. They're in first place in the division after Thanksgiving, which is a shocker. Uh, but at the same time, when I when I look at them and they're playing the Saints, so yeah, here we go. I mean, uh, this could be a shootout game or, or, or what it is. This could be one of those games that the Lions typically always lose. It seems like every year. But if you look at the Lions in first place right now. It looks like they're really running up the down elevator. So everybody in the division is probably going to catch up with them. You, you know, mean, I mean, I think you mean, right. You mean you mean escalator? What I say? Elevator. You said, you said running, running up the down elevator. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, escalator. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that is that is that one of those things when you push the down button you just start running in place? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're running up the down up. escalator, I should say. <laughs> That's what they feel like to me. Uh, yeah, they got the Saints. They got the Cowboys here in a couple of weeks. It's a tough, tough stretch. They got the Packers at the end of the season. I think they finish with the Bears, and the Bears are off and on as we've been going down the season here. You know, they, they beating the teams they shouldn't be beating, and then losing the teams they should easily win. So who knows how the Bears are going to play in that last game? They that's one of those teams that could just show up be a spoiler last game of the season and knock the Lions completely out of the playoffs. They had a tough, uh, tough stretch. Uh, so, like I said, they're running up the down escalator. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. So we go, we move. I want to talk about the Texans again. Uh, certainly, the Texans and the Packers, and are the Packers are at home. The, the Packers proved that they could get get beat at home because Indianapolis did it. 
but I think the Packers have kind of made a turnaround, so I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed. I like the Packers at home. It's going to be a cold day up in, in uh, northern Wisconsin. Uh, I think it's just going to be a little too much for the Texans to bite off. So uh, fingers crossed on that one, but Packers and Texans. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind now. You know, he's looking like the Aaron Rodgers of old. It took him a while to get there this season, but he's finally at that point. And, uh, man, there's no way the Texans go up to frozen Lambeau here in December and uh, and get a win against the Packers the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. Well, I I agree 100%. So, you know, I want to talk about the AFC West. And what I specifically want to talk about is the Raiders and the Broncos, two very, 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 very tough teams. I am really impressed with the Raiders. Uh, you you got to be happy with what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people are even, as far as to say, we could see a Raider-Cowboy Super Bowl. That would be one for the book. <laughs> Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, pump the brakes on that one a little bit. Maybe the Cowboys, but you know the Raiders <laughs> to me have, have they they kind of have that Lions feel. I know they're nine to two, great record, but they're not really blowing out teams. They're getting all these close wins like the Lions are doing, and they just have that same kind of feel to me. They they look like they're a team that's there at the hump, but just hasn't haven't quite gone over it yet to the point where you feel confident in the Raiders. You know, in, in every game that, that they play on. But but uh I don't know about that. You know, that's that's a stretch saying the Raiders to the Super Bowl. They're good. I I love what they're <laughs> doing. I like that the Raiders are back, but they kinda have that feel with the uh that the that the Alliance have right now. It's just you're not real confident that they can go out every week and get that win. You know, so that's where I'm at with the Raiders right now. We shall see. The Raiders are just happy that they, that they're winning games and now that they're winning games right. they think they're going to the <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Eagles and the Bengals, uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Ed Kratz coming in town. In fact, his flight is he's probably wheels up now. But he, he's flying into Cincinnati, and he's going to be driving. Uh, he's actually, I think he's spending the night in Columbus, but he's coming here to Indianapolis tonight. Uh, so I'm going to pick his brain on that game as well. Where I'm having dinner with him tonight. But uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Bengals, what are your thoughts? I think Carson Wentz is the Eagles quarterback of the future. I, I think he's done a, a hell of a job here in his rookie season. I mean, he's their guy. He's uh, yeah, The Bengals are just the biggest appointment. I, I don't know if they search for a new uh, quarterback. You know, Andy Dalton's just not getting it done, new coach. Maybe uh, this time next year it would be the Brian Kelly Bengals. <laughs> I don't know, but I see the Eagles getting the win tonight. And uh, Next year, too, the Cowboys keep playing their plane. It's going to be an Eagles-Cowboys division because I had that much confidence in Carson Wentz. Oh, absolutely. I think I feel like it feels to me like Carson Wentz has kind of ran out of gas this year. I mean, you know, he was like – we talked about it on our show, you know, super stud, right? Right there with the Dallas' quarterback. This is the guy. This is it. And it just seems like – it feels like he's not – it's, it feels like he's he's just reached his plateau for this season. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it just it it, it, it kind of feels like he's not lighting the world on fire anymore. Well, I, I think he's reached it for this season, but they need to get some pieces around him because you know if you want to compare it to Dallas and Dak Prescott, he's got Zeke Elliott. Uh, that's sure. a really good like combo in the backfield. You know, Carson Wentz doesn't have that. They have a running back committee. And uh, in, in Philly, you know, they have Sproles, which is 111 years old. And they, <laughs> so they, they, he needs some he needs some nice pieces. You know, the receivers have uh, I think they're first or second in the league in uh, drops, drop passes. You know, Doriel Beckham Green, yeah, Matthews. Uh, they've had some injuries. Uh, they just need to work on getting some pieces around Carson Wentz, man. And I think the Eagles are uh, give them another year or two. They're going to be uh, serious contenders. Well, let's give uh, final thoughts, final words to Rick Wiggins of the American Airman Podcast. What are you guys working on? Where can people find you? Tell us a little bit more. you got about 60 seconds, sir. Several ways uh, to find me. On Twitter, at Riggin underscore Rick, at Radio Airman. Uh, you can subscribe to the uh, American Airman Podcast on iTunes, 
Stitcher, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, uh, Facebook.com backslash American Airmen. Check out the Facebook page, uh, AmericanAirmen.sport.blog. Uh, several avenues to uh, get a hold of me. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you're a veteran, thank you for your service. Uh, please come on the show. We'll talk service, sports, and beers. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm a variety show. I'm open to any topic except politics. I do not like politics for some reason. That'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> yet you like chaos and you like controversy. I love chaos. So, uh, I love it. <laughs> you can't get any more chaotic than the past political season. So. Oh you know, my goodness, man! Just... It's great. It's great TV, though. It really was. <laughs> you know, it really was. President-elect Trump was here in Indianapolis just uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday. Great job, though. Yeah. I, 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 again, not a political show, but I will take my hat, hats off and, and uh, say thumbs up to Donald Trump and Mike Pence for uh, putting the, that deal together with Carrier. A lot of people thought they were losing their jobs there, and now they're not going to be doing that. So fantastic there. And there's my political uh, rant for the day. Rick, you have yourself a good weekend. We'll catch you next weekend. And where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? Oh, you already answered that. Yeah, I already did all that. Hey, that's all right. You have a good weekend, too, buddy. Catch you later. All right, all right buddy. We'll see you. Rick, Rick Reagan of the American Airman Podcast. Uh, my name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Been great being with you today. It's going to be a wrap for today's show. Yes, we are uh, doing a, an abbreviated show. We're not doing a second hour today. Got a lot going on with the Big Ten Championship. So got, got a lot of things going on today uh, that we have and must uh, be a part of. So uh, we are... Uh, going to wrap it up now, but we will be back next week for a grateful two hours right here on the Balance Radio Network. My name is Tom Mark Vassell, Presidente. Remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.